This is Power Athlete Radio. With your host, Denny K, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. Intro. Give give Ingo B some props because that guy came up with a mad intro. Uh, yeah, he's amazing. He's uh, for our team series up north at uh, at Freddie's place. I think he's gonna he's gonna like DJ the event and everything. So it's gonna be really awesome. Yeah, he's got a high price. He's asking like a half million bucks for uh, for a four hour gig. The man deserves it. You know, I'm like, hey, dude, we'll give you six shirts and uh, a discount to your second shirt. How's that? So hopefully, there you go. And then. Ingo, just a FYI, don't wear a spam shirt. Dude, it, it was spam and new kids <laughs> on the block. It was spam and what? New kids on the block. New kids, the NKOTB crew? <laughs> yeah. He's Whoa, here. hanging tough? I guess as he, that they were his inspiration for all things in Ingo's life were, was uh, Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, the big DW. <laughs> Trying to be like his brother. Oh, uh. But uh, right. so anyway, what, yeah, yeah, go, go. What's up? Yeah, right. Uh, Power Athlete Radio episode 17 in effect. Uh, Luke, what's going on with uh, some of the updates at HQ? Let's see. Uh, we actually had one of our Aussie boys, Ryan Burnell. He's been out here for like the past two weeks. I've uh, been going through a lot of the material. You know, we're a global company, so we got to get we got to get our global coaches up to snuff mm-hmm. and we, we trained with them. We took him out on holiday. He came out with us on the 4th of July and got to, which was also his birthday. He got to experience some American culture, hot dogs, tacos, maybe a couple paleo beers here and there, some sangria. We had a good time with that. Um, and then just this week we had about nine boxes of shirts land on our front door at power athlete HQ. So we're going to have a lot of new gear up probably by the end of the week, if not early next week and, uh, shirts and shirts, baby. That's what we do. I'm going to Colorado this weekend with Cali, John, John and Ben are headed down to Texas. They're going to meet up with Tex down there. They got a seminar at GSX CrossFit CrossFit and you know, shirts and shirts. That's the news, man. That's the haps. I seen the pictures on the Facebook page. If, if anybody out there, and this may this sound crazy, but if you haven't liked the power athlete, Facebook page, do it right. Yeah. Like the CrossFit football one. I mean, I'm going to assume if you're listening to this, you have, but if you're dropping the ball, get on it because yeah. There's all kinds of data and information coming through on that uh, Facebook page. You know, it's uh, so it's two different, two different content or media streams. CrossFit football, CrossFit football embodies a certain attitude that's just kind of like, uh, you know, GFY, go fuck yourself, lift some weights, let's go. Mm-hmm. You know, we're here to bang weights. We're not here to to Hold be serious. Yeah, and like uh. And then it's all fucking busting balls from there. So it's like, that's why you see a lot more kind of goofy stuff on the football site. Whereas power athletes training system. I mean, we like to have fun, but at the same time, 
there's a lot of legitimate information out there and we really try to channel it through that site. So you kind of get both flavors of, of the identity, you know? Um, yeah. So hence the, the seesaw walk, the newest, um, video post on your, uh, like your dynamic warmup series that you guys are gonna, you're in the process of putting out there for all of us. Yeah. We got two more, two more posts to put up. Uh, and I gotta say, I'm utterly disappointed by the maybe less than a dozen comments on the lightsabers. Yeah. Like, like, come on. That is George Lucas caliber work there. I mean, the, the angles of the strikes of the lightsabers that you and Callie did were, I mean, it was perfect, dude. Well, yeah, because they're real lightsabers. Callie has real lightsabers. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Although I thought she would be more of a red, uh, a red lightsaber, you know? Well, yeah. Well, that's interesting because, you know, there is a significance to the color of the lightsabers. There is. If, if, you know, anybody out there who is not Star Wars, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Who's not into it? I'll just go with that. You know, the, the colors mean something. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm on the Google right now, and I'm gonna find out right now. So according to Wikipedia, uh, Wookie, as an oh, <laughs> right? we're gonna That's have a freaking. We're gonna have to get a better uh, a better. Yeah, that was kind of <laughs> that was kind of weak. There, oh my gosh, I'm on. There is a novel on the lightsaber. A whole novel. The 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 first thing. I think of as Mace Windu's purple blade, right? And the whole idea of that is it's purple's closer to red. So when Mace Windu fights, he's, you know, you're supposed to not be angry. And he's so borderline that, I mean, he's so borderline and crossing over to the dark side that his, you know, his blade is purple. Yeah. And he's like one of the only ones who can, who has that strong uh, mind power to not step over that line and go down the, the path of the dark side. The dark side is a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope. It, uh, it takes more control to, to stay in the good side. So the uh, there's blue for Jedi and red for Sith. Let's see. Blue during the initial training period. I don't know. There's so much. Yeah, so you're going to you're going to read a book on that. I can't believe I guess I can believe how much there is to know about lightsabers. Anyways, back to the. Yeah. So the video is the video is the warm up series all about uh, posture and position, how to start training mm -hmm. posture and position. And these are just really I mean, saying they're the tip of the iceberg is an overstatement. Uh, there's so much more. And uh, we, we just want to get some of this stuff out there because it's going to be beneficial to a lot of people's training. And, you know, expect a couple more. We're working through the whole body and we're going to get you get you to understand holes in your games and how to fix them. And it's as simple as enforcing proper position through the movement pattern. And is is that something that we should do like every time we warm up? Yeah, you know, why not? Is that something we should have like a mobility day, like on a Wednesday or a Sunday, go through those, you know, moving around in space drills and just kind of, you know, or is, you know, or is your intentions to like, look, add this to part of your warm up and 
this is the reason why posture and position and always maintaining that. And, you know, the, the position of, of CrossFit football, power athlete HQs, uh, burpee. I, I really like that. Yeah. You know, cause all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, you mean there's a, a different way to do a burpee, you know, and here it is. And here's why. So the, the dosage or where to place this stuff, uh, is typically pre warm up. It's movement prep. Okay. And within our catalog of warm ups and progressions, there is a method to the madness. And I was taking Ryan through it yesterday, and Tex and I were were reviewing it today. But throw it in beforehand, how, however much gets you going. And at the end of the day, it's about mastering that movement pattern. Once you master it, then we're gonna go to the next progression and challenge it again. And all of a sudden you're back to training and you need to now master a more complex or more difficult movement pattern. And this, all these movements in this patterning is going to train you, train you for movement through space. It's going to strengthen your positioning while you're under a barbell or strengthen your positioning while your legs or your arms are swinging, pushing, pulling, driving, jumping, lunging, stepping. It's, it's all about training those positions, strengthening them and building competency within these patterns. Okay. And you know that I instantly, I, I've been reading the, the training code, right? Because, because Tex talked about that on one of the comments, the power athlete radio, he, he brought up, you know, this in the training code, whatever. It's and the, then you uh, mentioned that it's, 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 it's the talent code. It's Daniel Quill. I'm talent. sorry. It's yeah, the yeah. talent code. Yeah. I got yeah. training on my mind. Um, chapter one, for those of you who haven't read that book, I mean, I've, I've only read the first chapter and I'm hooked on it, but he talks about like the myelin, you know what I mean? That the, the, the neurological part of a skill is really like the electrical signals going through all like the nerves and the synapses and that coding, the myelin is like a coding over those nerves as that thickens, it like sends that signal sharper. It None of it can get out that electrical signal, right? And he's saying that skill, acquired skill is that myelin like sheath thickening and thickening. And I kind of picture that if you're going through like the seesaw walk and you're maintaining a vertical trunk and, and all the cues that you're saying in that video, you know, you're, you're doing the same thing that Coyle's saying in chapter one, you know, if you're, if you haven't built that neurological pathway and you haven't started thickening that myelin sheath, here's an opportunity, opportunity for you to do that. Yeah. Once you learn about myelination, it, and how movement affects it and the importance of that myelin sheath, it changes, it should change the perspective of your training. Dude, the, just that first chapter. Now I've heard of the myelin sheath as far as like, muscular, um, you know, physical, not like neurological, like um, around like the muscle fibers, right? I'm trying to think it's the myelin sheaths around each individual muscle fiber as well, or am I wrong? It's a nerve. It's the, it's the nerves responsible for sending impulses to the muscle. So it's, it's like, think of it as the conduit for sending information. Right. That's like the neurological, but isn't there like a myelin sheath in in the muscle itself. Denny, j read the book. You'll figure it out. <laughs> right. Read the freaking book, dude. You're <laughs> only on chapter one. All right. Awesome. 
So let's talk about back, box squatting. Um, I apologize. Uh, about a week or so ago, someone posted um, the question, and I think it was on a Wednesday or a Sunday on, on the off day of the program, and he was trying to get a conversation going about box squatting versus back squatting. And he, and he said, like, any thoughts, you know? And I was curious uh, what your thoughts were on box squatting versus back squatting. Well, guess it's, it's, uh, what are you training for? What are you training for? Right. So what, what makes the box squat so popular is Louie and the West side guys. And there's the strongest people in the world. And what you have to understand about that box squat is it's a great way to start biasing the posterior chain. It has skill transfer to the sport of powerlifting because it replicates the position of sitting back into a squat suit, uh, upright torso, and uh, and those guys need it for skill transfer. In terms of skill transfer into sport, we don't see it as an optimal tool. If you need if you need posterior chain work, you should be doing deadlifts or power cleans, dynamic pulling. And our program is packed full of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're an amateur athlete, you're deadlifting heavy every week. If, uh, you know, on that collegiate template, you're going to be doing some heavy pulling every two to three weeks. Right. So yeah. that's your posterior development. So for anyone who, hey, why box what? Oh, it's good for your posterior chain. Just pull. We want mm. you to pull. In uh, what we use the back squat for is to challenge the athletic position, the one that you saw that we covered in the most recent lightsaber video, a.k.a. the seesaw walk to burpee on Power Athlete HQ. So look at that athletic position. We want you to set up and squat through the range of motion that is replicated in sport, which is going to be at or above 90. We want you to maintain a torso position that is resemblant of that athletic position, and we want you to load the bar as heavy as you can and move it as fast as you can. So from the ground up, that's feet shoulder width apart, maybe a little wider. Your knees need to be just inside that ankle on a neutral leg, but we are going to have you drive out to squat. As you sit back, you're going to stand up as fast as you can, continuing to spread the world flat foot on the ground and drive through your midfoot to heel, maintain posture position. That's all we want. It's not about developing posterior chain. It's about, you know, you are going to do that. You are going to get stronger. Your squat numbers will get bigger, but it's about improving performance on the field. We're using the squat and the barbell lifts as a tool to do that. Now I've seen videos of Louie justify the, uh, the box squat as you're stronger in a wider base. You know, he, he talks about like fighting, you know, uh-huh. you, you don't fight with your ankles like a, less than a foot apart. You're always going to go wide. I picture an offensive lineman kind of, you know, playing the pass. He, he's backing up. He's probably going to go a little bit wider. So maybe people are kind of saying, oh, well, there is transfer from a box squad in, onto the field because of the wide, uh, the wide base on some of the contact sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's like what you said, what, what are you training for? You know, if you can get a better response through, uh, that athletic position and a more of a vertical torso, bringing your, um, your stance in keeping that knee just inside of the, of the ankle. I like that. Uh, I actually had a few people ask me questions on that at the seminar that we were at. 
mm-hmm. um, why the knee inside of the ankle, you know? And then when Callie kind of, you had her shift her foot over where you could see like if she had to move left or right, it was perfectly uh, knee above ankle, you know, which is what I teach everybody at our gym. When, when you squat, keep your, I'm always saying, keep your knees, you know, your feet under your knees. Mm-hmm. This is for the general public, right? I mean, it's just some people come in, have no idea how to squat. Others think they know and they don't know. And um, I, you know, I kind of asked that person at the seminar, I'm like, well, go, you know, maybe you should talk to Luke or Carl about that um, because I really didn't have the answer, you know? I'm not like skilled coaches like you guys are. But when you you said you had Kelly move her foot over, you could see how all of a sudden she was in a strong position. If she was to cut to the left or to the right, it totally made sense. Right. Right. And how most people box squad is just going to be, you know, in terms of creating habits and getting into good position, it's going to be too wide of a base to go anywhere. Right. Those guys yeah. are trying to get in a position that minimizes range of motion, maximizes the weight they can lift. When you're on the field and you make a great play or a terrible play, something that you're probably going to remember for the rest of your life, nobody thinks, wow, I wonder how much that guy can squat. They care about the position you were either in or you weren't in. And, and that's what we're building, you know, posture position. Mm-hmm. Nice. So. Nice. So hopefully that kind of gives, uh, and I apologize, I can't think of the, the person who asked that question, but hopefully that can kind of, you know, give you some, some nuggets to, you know, to, to run with. And I, I think of, you know, if, I think if, if box squatting, if John really felt that it had to be in the program, it would be in the program. Yeah. You know, I remember him on, on the last podcast, he's like, you know, we want to put our arm around you and just say, look, man, you know, We'll take care of all the training. Just do, just do what we say. Right. If it right. says do the D wad before the strength wad, do the D wad before the strength wad. Yeah. Don't yeah. And why just do it. Well, you, you can ask why, like, but like, <laughs> but don't ask me why, man, go look for yourself. It's the information's out there and we find giving handouts will not help you learn. The people who learn the fastest and become the smartest are the ones who pursue the information. And uh, John and I were just talking the other day about the difference between amateurs, intermediate guys, and and really advanced guys in terms of any field, lifting weights to management to construction. Okay, and we're going to put a little post out there on that. And it's, it's pretty interesting what we come up with, but it comes down to where do you get the information, how do you get it? You know, what information do you need and how do you get it? So the, like we said earlier, man, the, the attitude, the attitude on the board can be a bit abrasive at times and maybe it's not for everybody in terms of the, oh, yeah. but I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, man, like the, the training works, just do it before you ask a question, try the Google. Why would I box? Why would I box jump before I back squat and see what you read, man? See what people's opinions are and then make the make the make the call for yourself. And and you're right, John, in terms of box squatting, if John thought it was important, he would put it in there because he trained with Louie. He trained for yeah. seven weeks with Louie at Westside. And, uh, you know, he had tried to learn the method and and got a great understanding of what Louie's doing out there and how he did it for each one of his athletes. But those understand the goals of those guys versus the goals of this program. 
Those guys need to replicate movement patterns, strengthen portions of their bodies to lift as much weight as they can in a back squat, a deadlift and a bench press. That's not the, that's not the, while those things will help improve the biomarkers of performance, that's not the objective of the program. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's hard to understand, but once you get it, you get it. Right. I, I, I just think, you know, for the, for the normal person, they, you know, you read a West side article, read his book. I mean, the, the, it's a good book. It's uh, it's kind of hard to follow as far as just how it's put together. Uh, but I know when I read that, I was able to read like super training and kind of have uh, super training kind of made a little bit more sense to me, mm-hmm. but they just assume like, Oh, okay. Well, if Louis saying this, I, I should do that. You know, not even asking the reason why he's doing that. He's just doing it. So I should do it, you know, and you know, not all of us have the time or the resources to go to West side and just say, all right, well, I'm going to train with you for three weeks. You know, if John did that, which he's talked many times that he has, you know, he's developed a pretty good opinion on that a lot more than just somebody who's kind of walking through the dark and just saying, well, Louie does it. So I'm going to do it. You know, I mean, it, uh, understand that yeah yeah so you know, but hopefully underst- hopefully hopefully we build some context and not one's not better than the other without context right so right. louis gets people strong i no one can argue that he had in in their domain in their field of competition he has the strongest people absolutely but uh, it's it's a, it's a different planet you know and so you got to take a different look at how you do how you'd implement those movements so yeah for sure and and you know what i like I like getting a, a hamstring stretch reflex, you know, and I really can't do that with going with the real wide stance. I used to squat real wide like that. I, I did that at Occupy Strength, you know, and it, it, I've since then brought my stance in, you know, because of my whole depth issue, which I've bragged about enough. Um, <laughs> and I've really focused on, you know, trying to get a bounce a little bit, but really getting that stretch reflex. And, uh, I, like I said, I just, when I try box squatting and I'll do it every now and then just to do it, you know, um, I, I can't get, obviously I can't get that, uh, stretch reflex. So that's, that's why I don't do it as much, you know? Sure. All right. Let's talk about, uh, submissions to power athlete headquarters. We got a construction guy out there who's asking, how am I going to train when I'm working all day? <laughs> Here we go. Dave, Dave held. He says, hello. I've been following the CrossFit football site for about five months now, and I'm loving it. I have just recently moved to the collegiate training. I have a question for y'all about training and working a physically taxing job. I understand that there are probably numerous people following the site that are in the same situation as me and wanted to get your take on this. I thought it might be a good topic for y'all to address on Power Athlete Radio as well. Here's my scenario. I'm working at least 10 hours, I'm working at least 10 hour days, five to seven days a week as a construction worker. I recently have noticed that my energy levels have plummeted and was hoping for some suggestions. I am getting at least eight hours of sleep a night. I'm eating a shitload of good food and even taking naps here and there if I have time. It just seems like I do not have enough energy to do anything but train and sleep. What I was considering doing is skipping the Saturday workout 
depending on how I am feeling, uh, you know, feeling that week. But was curious if that would affect my strength gains. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it seems like what I am training for, parentheses, faster, stronger, bigger, and just being all around, all around more fit, is just going out the window recently. Uh, I feel weaker and smaller. I could really use some suggestions. Thanks, oh. and I look forward to your response. Oh, Dave. 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 He doesn't tell us how old he is. You know, that could play a part of it. Yeah, for sure. Like, there's so many moving pieces. But Ooh. but these – and where is he doing construction? Is he in Alaska? Is he? Yeah, right. You know, what's the weather like? Uh, You know, that's what booty's all about. We need to know humidity. We need to know moisture. How much? You know, what was the dew point that morning? Uh, (laughs) But (laughs) I missed those posts. Yeah, dude. So here's okay. So let's let's get down to the fundamentals. So this guy has a a physically taxing job, and uh, you know he's working ten hour days, five to seven days a week. So fifty to seventy hours a week, he's physically taxing. He's he says he's sleeping. Eight hours. What mm. I'd add on to the sleep component is, hey, make sure it's in perfect dark. All sorts of information on that. Uh, check out Lights Out. That's going to tell you all, of, all about how artificial light is killing us. So if you can get into natural dark, uh, you know, what did John say in his 42 things he learned? Uh, live like a farmer. Yeah. Uh, set with the sun and rise with the sun. So I'm, I'm assuming based off of construction hours, he's probably doing that. But make sure the room has no artificial light in there. That's going to help your rest. Uh, in terms of food, I just don't trust that people eat a shitload. So we'll just give some recommendations. We looked at the Rock's meal plan. He's eating a shitload of food. I don't mm-hmm. think this guy's eating what the Rock's eating. But uh, you right. know, stay within our recommendations. If You're going to have to eat more if you plan on training on top of a physically tasking uh, job. job. So if you, so if you're working, if you have hard work, let's say out of those seven hours or 10 hours, he's, he's working like seven hours, hard work, five hours. I don't know what those guys, what he's doing. Right. Well, he's going to have to eat more, eat more carbs, eat more fat, keep protein at about, uh, you know, a gram to a gram and a half per pound of body weight, if not a little more. And you know, that's going to, that's going to unwind to be about four or 5,000 calories for this guy. Now his that's attacking it from the recovery side, or you just reduce your activity. Like mm. one thing, one thing people have to understand is the inverse relationship to the high intensity fitness training and strength gains. Like if you want to be the best CrossFitter in the world and the best power lifter in the world, there's only one Martian on the earth that can do that. And that's Rich Froning. Mm-hmm. But it, for most individuals, the bell curve, if you are putting a focus on your work capacity, it will hinder your ability to get strong. So I'd have this guy either flip a coin, have a man in the mirror moment, create a pros and cons list of each. Do I want to be fit or do I want to be strong? And what's interesting about either of those is form follows function. So he didn't even talk about his abs. He didn't talk about vanity, but let's be honest, dude, like before the 4th of July, when I was going to be wearing a tank top, I did like a thousand curls. A Is thousand. It? Yeah, for sure. And my biceps looked awesome. But like a lot of us <laughs> do care. Like there are some of us who do care about that stuff. So no matter what he picks, form will follow function. He's going to look strong if he tries to get strong and he's going to look fit if he tries to get fit. In order to get fit and work on that work capacity side of things, there's a lot of volume. This guy has added volume with his work. He's going to add more volume with fitness training. 
we need to curtail that volume because volume is what we have a hard time recovering from. So my recommendation, perfect world would be, dude, don't just cut back on the Saturday wad. Try to cut out, try cutting out your Tuesday and Saturday wad. It's about how you how you look, how you feel, and how you're performing. And if strength is your performance biomarker, you will get stronger by reducing your D wads. And I'm I'm putting some assumptions in this guy's head, but you know, age could be an issue. He may just be getting older. Uh, You know, it sounds like he's doing everything right. I mean, you know, the eating it right. I'm getting. He says he's even napping. You know, I mean, there. I'm not going to cut you down, Dave, but from my experience in like construction work, there's, there's two kinds there. At one time in my life, I was digging trenches. I was excavating seven o'clock in the morning till seven o'clock at night. I was 18. I weighed, if I was lucky, maybe 150 pounds, right? I was the guy in the ditch shoveling the gravel. If you've never done excavating, when they lay sewer pipe and water main, there's people in a ditch and then sand comes down. You kind of spread out the sand, then then rock, then more sand, then rock. Then the pipe comes down. Then you got to bury the pipe. So all day, this moving a shovel around, I wasn't going to go work out afterwards. I was going to go home and go to bed, maybe eat something and then get up and do it again. You know, then... I've also worked a construction job where it was more union, seven, three, you know, and if you're kind of a journeyman, you got like laborers doing all the hard work. So you're not, yes, you're working construction, but you're not, you know, moving a shovel around and moving dirt. Hence the John saying that we, you know, kind of everybody in power athletes picked up on move the dirt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you 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 will have more energy to go hit the gym. Um, you know, if you look into what John was talking about, like the circadian rhythms, it it looks like you're a little bit stronger at like the five o'clock in the evening. So if you work till three, you know, you you're gonna be able to to rock out the CrossFit football workouts. But you know, if he's on the former part of that, where he is in a ditch and he's working sun up to sundown. I, I'd have to lean toward what you said about you're just going to have to ask yourself, you know, it's like, what do I, what do I want to do? Do I want to train more? Is this the right job for me? Do I have a choice? Should I put training on the, uh, you know, on the shelf for a little while? It's summertime, right? I don't know where this guy lives, but maybe you just kind of work hard at your job and you're going to get laid off at some point, you know, then hit the gym. Um, yeah, dude, that's kind of like my two cents on that. And all great input, you know, just got to know a little more about the demands. And if it's a high volume type deal, look what we do during in season. And I, I hope I don't open a can of worms with this. But when football season comes around in a couple uh, a couple months or weeks, we're high, however far out we are from our in season programming. We curtail the workout volume. The DWODs become a lot less demanding and you you know, what Dave could maybe do is start compiling a little list of, uh, I'll call them lightweight workouts or, you know, it's less volume, a little more manageable. And if he's the type of guy who needs to get his DWOD on, he'll have a, an index of that stuff. But if, if it, let's say he's coming and, and he's opened up to doing whatever, whatever we tell him to do, I want, uh, I want him to keep going on the SWAT, keep lifting weights. He feels, he doesn't feel as strong. 
but is he getting stronger? I need to know. What we do know is after the amateur progression, you do need to balance your volume intensity. Strength gains aren't going to come as fast. So it may just be the dark days of his training, but if he wants to try and get stronger, which I think he should because he's already got enough volume if he's digging ditches, just cut back on the Tuesday Metcon and ditch the Saturday one and do some mobility or go for a hike or I don't know, do something. So that's what I think. That's what I think that in that scenario I would try and uh, give it 60, 90 days, see if it helps. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So thanks for submitting that question, Dave. Hopefully that'll, uh, that can give you something to run with. Um, maybe, maybe add a comment to the, to the episode 17 blog and kind of let us know, you know, where you're at, what you're doing, how old you are, you know, all those questions that Luke was just kind of going over. Sweet. All right, man. Well, what do you think? What'd you do over the 4th of July? You, you kind of touched on it. You got that Aussie guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, uh, so the 4th of July on, for anyone who's been to Newport beach for the 4th of July, there's an area that called the peninsula that encloses, I think it's like the world's biggest Harbor or something like that, but it's this big old peninsula and there's a stretch of all these crazy bars and they call it the war zone. They shut off the entrance to this peninsula for any automobiles and people just bike down there and like, get wild crazy uh it's ben's super bowl basically i mean he goes down there he knows everybody he's in his capri pants with an american flag bandana on for a shirt and uh you know he he celebrates our independence uh or at least historically but this year call us wiser call us more mature or uh you know just call us whatever you want we we ended up going to john's house he had a barbecue had jesus like hundreds of dollars of ground beef and uh grass-fed beef dogs and and dude it was like it was like food porn and uh, we had some paleo margaritas over there our buddy from australia came over celebrated with us we ate a bunch of food talked shop and you know basically the i think i've said it before the our discussions are are basically reruns of either the cert what are we training for? What should we train for next? What's what's on the block? What type of shirt should we print? Movies, and then it's like repeat. So we just talked that. We talked shop all all night, and maybe had a couple too many cocktails. Yeah. But that'll happen. It's America. I'm free to do what it's I want. It's America, right? Every, so. Anybody who who's uh, ever wondered what it's like out there with these guys and. Just the opportunity to say, uh, let's go to John's house for a barbecue, right? I envy that. Um, there's a little bit of insight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By Fourth of July, we uh, I, I went camping with the family. We were there. Uh, we camped about five days. We're not talking like pitching a tent camping, right? When you have a two-year-old and a one-year-old, you need air conditioning. You need. <laughs> bathroom you need microwave stoves so we rented like a park home which looks like a miniature trailer and uh i i really i I took a week off kind of of uh my my weight training i thought it was a good opportunity to work on some sprints uh some of the questions that we get you know what do you do when you travel how do you work out blah 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 you know i was able to uh put up a pretty good wad of sprinting uh, handstand push-ups. There was a tree, a pretty good tree. I can lean up against do my handstand push-ups, uh, bundles of firewood, right? For like five bucks, you can get a saran wrap bundle of some dried wood. Um, they have little handles on it. So there was my farmer carries. 
And then we had a van. So I would just have my wife sit in the van and our location was like a, ro- a, a road, uh, you know, of uh, trailer homes, park homes. So everybody's like at the pool area. So nobody's really walking around on those roads. So I just kind of pushed the van down and back. Um, kind of like a 15 minute AMRAP of all of the above. You know, I did that a couple times. And then the other days I just did some swimming. I don't get enough swimming. Apparently I swam 50 meters and I was like, Oh my God. Man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Same you know? principle. Dude, what, a, did, what a humbling experience that is. Did you get any of this on camera? Um, I think so, dude, that would be something cool to put up there. Right. I, I know the workout parts. Yeah. Dude, get, send that over. I'll get it on the post. Got to. Got to. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, hopefully that kind of gives some people um, some, in, you know, you, you can always find something to do. Yeah, You know, sure. Bobby Goodfellow's talking about picking up fire hydrants. <laughs> um, go find a big rock. Yeah, dude. Uh, you know, bundles of firewood, all that could chop firewood. You know, those all those things you know, stimulate and it's, you know, goes to like the odd object lifting and moving through space. I mean, all the things you guys really push, you know, in the program and change up the variety a little bit. So that's what I did. Had a few beers, saw people in bathing suits. I don't ever want to see again, dude. Yeah, dude. How about it? I mean, apparently where I was at, none of those women squat. Well, yeah, you don't have that problem in Newport beach. But I yeah. remember my yeah, days. I certainly in, wasn't in Newport Beach. I remember my days in Chicago. Yeah. You know, so I, as soon as I got back to my gym around some women with some muscle, I, I felt I felt a lot better. But it, the women I saw, even in bikinis, no ass. Flat, yeah. droopy ass syndrome. Uh, you know, it's like squat. Yeah, get under a barbell already. Get under a barbell. Come on. Live. It's the American way. All right, man. Well, hey, I'm flying to Colorado and like, shit three hours i got it i've nice, packed dude. and uh packed. yeah i gotta do my thing but all right good talk denny thanks a lot man and uh have a good weekend hey thanks you too have fun at the cert we'll hook up next week all right take care all right later